Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com go to download for free. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Thursday. We're almost at the end of the week. What a crazy week this has been, right? This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget my social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. All right, coming up on this show, uh, we've got blockbuster interviews with incredible guests coming up. Next week, we're going to speak with the one and only James O'Keefe. Uh, formerly of Project Veritas, until they decided to railroad him out. And now he started something different called the O'Keefe Media Group, or OMG for short. And it's all about citizen journalism. It's all about holding the powerful accountable for their lies and their crimes, which is what our propaganda press should be doing, but gave up a long time ago to get in bed with those same powerful criminal entities. Not James. He's still independent, still doing his thing. And uh, he has this unbelievable expose up now on BlackRock. We're going to talk to him next week about that expose and what else he's got planned because... He is a force of nature. He's like a one-man band. James O'Keefe coming up next week. Also, we're going to talk to the extraordinary actor, Jim Caviezel, who, as you know, 
uh, played Jesus Christ in The Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson film, and Mel Gibson is now doing the sequel, <laughs> if it can be called a sequel, which is The Resurrection, and I think The Acts of the Apostles. So that that's going to be something. Uh, we're going to talk to him which is going to be a conversation you are not going to want to miss. Plus, we've got Janine Pirro. We've got Frank Gaffney. We have so many fantastic guests coming up. You don't want to miss a second of this show ever, ever, okay? Um, I am your conservative warrior princess, and I will never let you down. Um, Also, I want to say, coming up later here today, we've got another blockbuster guest, the great Miranda Devine of the New York Post, who uh, is the OG of the Hunter Biden story. She wrote the big bestseller, Laptop from Hell. She has combed through that Hunter Biden laptop. She wrote a whole book about it. She knows the Hunter Biden story better than anybody else. She's going to be here with her reaction to what the DOJ, uh, the sweetheart deal that they gave to Hunter And if you're surprised by what's going on, then you have not been paying attention. This country is at the brink. We cannot go on like this. We are going to have an unbelievable and a must-hear conversation with Miranda Devine here in just a few minutes. But first, the Monica memo. Lies, lies, and more lies. Here a lie, there a lie, everywhere. A lie lie. The left are masters of projection. They do it so well, they do it shamelessly. No sense of conscience or guilt about their lies or the damage that the lies do to individual people, destroying them, bankrupting them, uh, throwing them in prison. Not a shred of conscience, no pangs of guilt about any of that. That tells you that they are psychopaths. That tells you that they are sociopaths. And it tells you that they are evil. Evil. I'm not talking about telling a little fib to get ahead in your job. I'm not talking about maybe screwing one person over in your work, you know, stabbing somebody in the back, which is bad, don't get me wrong, but I'm not talking about individual instances here to advance your own self-interest. I'm talking about widespread, systemic evil. And the fact that all of these people engage in this without any kind of uh, sense of, of obligation to the truth, any sense of humanity, about the people whose lives they are destroying with these lies. It tells you that this is not of God, right? I mean, this this is really dark and really evil. And the fact that there's not a single Democrat, not one, who comes forward and says, gosh, golly, you know, this isn't right, what we're doing here. This is morally wrong, I mean, yeah, for our political advantage, I, I get why you're doing it, but this is morally wrong. Not one. Joe Manchin, now and again, Kristen Cinema, maybe now and again, will come out and say, um, this particular policy, I'm not really down with that. But not a single one of them has, has expressed any kind of moral quandary 
about what the entire left, what the entire Democratic Party is doing. From the January 6th defendants to Donald Trump, again, you don't have to like Donald Trump. You don't have to vote for Donald Trump. I wish you would, but you don't have to, to be a good and moral person to see what they are doing to him is an absolute moral travesty. And yet not a single one on their side, not one Nobody in the propaganda press, nobody in the Democratic Party, nobody on the left, not one person. Oh, because Trump is so odious. Nobody wants to stand up for him. Well, we do on this show because we love President Trump and we want him back in the White House and all of the good that he has done for this country, extraordinary. And I understand from a political standpoint, well, I got to keep attacking Trump because, you know, he's a Republican and it's not what I stand for. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from a moral point of view. There's not a single human being on the other side with a real moral code. And from a human standpoint, a decency standpoint, not one on their side, not one person comes forward and says, this is some bullshit. So it rests with us to do that, but it tells you everything you need to know about the Democrat Party and the left and their wingmen, not just in the propaganda press, although they're pretty powerful, but in big tech, across the executive branch and all of these institutions, Hollywood, the culture. Nobody there is standing up. Nobody in in any of those uh, areas are standing up saying, hey, guys, you know, this this is bad. This is not right. Not one voice. So that tells you that the source of everything that they are doing is evil. Can't be afraid to use that word, evil. Talk about the spiritual war here all the time. We're going to talk to Jim Caviezel about that in the next uh, couple of days here. You cannot be afraid to characterize what is going on as evil because there is a spiritual dimension to this. This is a, uh, today's show is basically a tale of many pathological liars. The first pathological liar, Russian hoaxer, an all-around piece of shit, Congressman Adam Schiff. Now, remember, he was the chair of the powerful House Intelligence Committee while the Democrats had control, and he used that position to advance the Russia hoax, the big lie. You know how the left, again, masters of projection, so they always accuse our side of what they themselves are doing, what they themselves are guilty of. So they've accused President Trump and his supporters who raised legit questions about the 2020 election and the fraud and everything else, the the rigging of that election, both legal and illegal rigging. They called that the big lie. Well, the big lie was the big lie. And coming from the left, there are so many big lies that it's actually very tough to keep up with it all. In the Trump era, the original big lie was the Russia hoax. 
Now, just keep in mind, our security agencies, our intel agencies like the CIA, the NSA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, um, and there are others. And then the accompanying uh, committees in Congress, House Intel, Senate Intel, and to some extent the Foreign Affairs Committees in both houses, they are supposed to be focused on America's external threats. Iran, Russia, China, terrorist organizations around the world, drug cartels, that kind of thing. They're supposed to direct their attention and their resources outward, not inward to the American people, to American politics, to the average American citizen. No, that is highly illegal. And yet they're doing it and have been doing it for years now with impunity. So if there are no consequences to their actions, they will continue to abuse their power against us. This is not about abuses of power to try to rein in Al-Qaeda. This is abuses of power to rein in you. And the worst, well, there are many bad ringleaders here of the Russia hoax, the big lie, but really the, the probably the biggest ringleader here, apart from Mrs. Clinton herself, we're going to get to her, was piece of shit Adam Schiff. He went in front of the American people time and again and said, I have seen absolute evidence of Russian collusion between Donald Trump, his campaign, and Moscow. Over and over again, he kept promising concrete evidence of this, y'all. I have seen it with my own eyes. And then, of course, orchestrated all of the hearings and all of the bogus bullshit. And again, sorry for the profanity, but this has me incensed. Everything has me incensed these days, but this has me really incensed because it is so fundamentally not only dishonest, destructive to the nation, and they just not only don't care, it is their objective. It's their objective to destroy the country and rip it all apart. They don't give a crap about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, uh, a cohesive society. In fact, the exact opposite. Their intention is to destroy all of that and rip it apart. And they're doing a great job because we're at the tipping point right now. So Adam Schiff was really leading the charge, at least in Congress. And then, of course, you had Mrs. Clinton and her campaign leading the charge from the outside during the 2016 campaign. And then throughout uh, President Trump's entire presidency, Mrs. Clinton was working on the outside and uh, Adam Schiff was leading the charge on the congressional side. With these ridiculous investigations, they all knew it was a lie. They didn't care how much it cost you and me. You might want to work a little harder because the Democrats, uh, their lies cost a lot of money. They did not care. And Schiff was the ultimate uh, guy here, the ultimate liar. Well, you know, folks on our side, oh, well, we need that kind of cordial spirit in the Congress, so we're not going to go after the likes of Adam Schiff. At the same time, that the left, the Democrats, impeached Donald Trump twice over nothing, over bullshit. 
and had this Russia hoax going to undermine him and ultimately try to destroy his presidency, put him in prison. And now while you've got January 6th set up, uh, rigged 2020 election, all of this stuff going on, coming at you from the left to stop not just Trump, but you and me, America first folks, the whole movement, they will stop at nothing. And you've seen two indictments so far of Donald Trump, two more are coming January 6th and uh, Georgia. They will stop literally at nothing, bankrupt you, show up at your house. We covered this story on the last show. If you haven't yet heard it, go listen to Tuesday's show this week because I cover this crazy IRS story. IRS agents knocking at the door like the Gestapo, knock, 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 open up. I'm with the government. Show me your papers like we had in COVID. Show me your papers. You don't think we're in a soft tyranny now? I got news for you. The left is engaged in in the complete weaponization of all of their incredible powers, the full weight of the federal government, the full weight of Congress coming at you, coming at Trump because he represents us. And our side is like, well, I, I don't know about censuring Adam Schiff. You kidding me? This is where we are right now. But thank God for these incoming members of Congress and the Senate. Like on the Senate side, J.D. Vance, he's been fantastic. He's holding up DOJ nominees until we get answers on Hunter Biden and a bunch of stuff about the FBI stonewalling and cover-up, DOJ cover-up. So good on him. At least he showed up for work. And you know what? Thank God for members of Congress like freshman Anna Paulina Luna of Florida. She showed up for work. Now, she started the censure process a couple of weeks ago, but she added a $16 million fine to the legislation. And you had guys on our side like Thomas Massey saying, uh, well, you know, I, I think it's unconstitutional. I didn't like it when Pelosi was fining us for not wearing masks on the floor. I get the argument. But the fine in the original bill was not required. It was just part of it. So they all stood on principle. By the way, do you know a single Democrat that stands on principle? I don't, except communism. There's a principle that they like, destroying their political enemies. There's a principle that they stand on, right? So our side is constantly contemplating our navels while the other side is burning down the country and destroying and jailing their political opponents. So freshman Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, she refiled her censure uh, bill and it came to the floor yesterday and it passed. So Adam Schiff is one of very few in American history to be censured by his colleagues for raging lies and all of the destruction that he wreaked with those lies. Keep in mind, Anna Paulina Luna, who is strong and smart and, and, and fierce and a true fighter, the woman is seven months pregnant, okay? A freshman congresswoman, seven months pregnant, took on one of the most powerful Democrats and won 
Now it's going to um, to an ethics investigation. I believe the ethics committee is split five Republicans, five Democrats. So we'll have to see. But from our side, this has to be a real investigation. No accountability kabuki theater, okay, pretending to hold him accountable. No, this has to be a real investigation. And there have to be actual consequences for this piece of shit and his destructive lies. Anna Polina Luna showed up and fought like America depends on it because it does. Good on her. Wish we could clone her. We need more Republicans with balls, don't we? When we come back, we're going to talk about John Durham in front of uh, Congress yesterday, and we're going to talk about another pathological liar, Mrs. Clinton. You are definitely going to want to hear what I have to say about that. Also, moments away, the great Miranda Devine. So sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, so yesterday, uh, former special counsel John Durham testified to Congress about his recent scathing report, which proved that there was no Russian collusion between Trump and Russia. Well, adoy, of course, there was never any collusion. It was just absurd on its face. And again, you know, we talk about the big lie how the big lie is the big lie, and how the left, with full amplification from their wingmen in the press, just expands the lie and then grounds it into a narrative, and then it becomes part of history, I guess, or something. But they have a very methodical way of taking a nugget, turning it into a lie, and then turning it into policy, weaponization of government, and then into history. 
right? Because they control all the levers of power. So John Durham uh, went before Congress and basically shredded all of the Democrats, including Adam Schiff. This, this is why it was so great yesterday. It was really poetic timing to have Anna Paulina Luna's measure to censure Adam Schiff pass on the same day that John Durham basically shredded Schiff to pieces, that all of it was a lie. And Schiff was sitting there and he was trying to press Durham on this and that and Don Jr. and then uh, Russian lawyers and whatever. By the way, all the stuff that they were doing. We now know that the Clinton campaign was deeply in bed with Russian oligarchs. And just take a look at Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the entire Biden family, deep in bed with Ukrainian oligarchs, taking bribes left and right, enriching themselves, lying about it. Everything that they have done, all of their crimes, they projected onto Trump and impeached and indicted him over their own crimes. You see how warped and inverted and evil this all is? Yeah. Yeah. So Durham uh, went in front of them yesterday and uh, he said, no, no, it all originated with the Clinton campaign, which, of course, we knew uh, the Clinton campaign, which is a euphemism for Mrs. Clinton. Whenever you hear that the Clinton campaign developed and executed the Russia hoax lie, understand that that is a euphemism for Mrs. Clinton. Who else are we talking about in the Clinton campaign? You think Jake Sullivan came up with the Russia hoax? Maybe he had something to do with it. But all of this came from the diseased, evil mind of Mrs. Clinton. Remember, she was first lady and had a lot of access to top secret stuff during that period of time. She was a U.S. senator. She was secretary of state. She knows how the apparatus works. And she knows how to develop conspiracies like this. So the Clinton campaign, it wasn't like Robbie Mook was coming up with a Russia hoax lie. Of course, it was Hillary Clinton. Mrs. Clinton came up with a lie and how to execute it. She had a lot of help for sure. But the Clinton campaign with the dossier coming up with Russia collusion, the whole thing, paying uh, steel for the dossier, all of that was from the dark recesses of Mrs. Clinton's mind. And Durham blew all of this out of the water yesterday. I mean, he really, um, he, he really took it apart and dissembled it in ways that had a lot of uh, Democrats very frustrated, including Adam Schiff. He was still there and he was trying to push it and push it. Well, didn't Don Jr. meet with a Russian uh, lawyer? Well, yeah, but that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> that had nothing to do with collusion or that the Trumps were compromised in any way. I mean, they want to push this lie that the Trumps are compromised with regard to Russia. Well, Joe Biden and his family are actually compromised with the Ukrainians and the Chinese and the Romanians and God knows who else they've taken money from. Do you see what I mean? They are attacking our side prosecuting, indicting, jailing, ruining over what they themselves have done and continue to do. I want to run a couple of clips here from John Durham because they are significant. I mean, he's a, a cool customer, but in the end, you know, he didn't 
he didn't prosecute any of the big fish. He didn't go after any of the big fish. So all the people who kept telling us from our side, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Just trust Jeff Sessions. Trust Rod Rosenstein. Trust James Comey. Trust Robert Mueller. Trust, trust all of these people. Trust the special counsels. Trust John Durham. They're feeding you a line because none of these people are worth anything. They're all part of the system. You need a true, gutsy, ballsy outsider to reform all of this and go after all of this corruption. Okay, and that's Donald Trump. I don't see another Republican candidate with the balls to do this and install the right people next time to actually go ahead. I don't think Trump understood the magnitude and the depth of corruption. And, you know, I think he did at the end, obviously, because he had been victimized by it. But overall, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And that's completely understandable. He had never done any of this before. So the system took full advantage full advantage. Next time around, you know, he won't be as naive, if naive is the right word. Next time around, oh, he'll get it. And that's another reason why they have to try to stop him by jailing him. Because if he gets back in and they can't properly rig next year's election, and he's back in there, oh, there's going to be retribution. Like he says, I will be your retribution. And it's not It's not solely about him, obviously. It's about retribution for all of us who have been targeted by a government we vote in and pay for. So let's roll a clip here from uh, John Durham. Let's roll clip number two, where he talks about the significant red flags just blown off by the FBI. Roll it. In this instance, there are any number of significant red flags that were raised that were simply ignored. If there's evidence that was inconsistent with the narrative, um, they didn't pay attention to it. They didn't explore it. They didn't take the logical investigative steps that should have been taken. Well, so when the red flags were brought to the attention of the powers that be at the FBI, they just blew them off because they were all in on it. Oh, that's nice. And patting the head of some agent that brings you these red flags. Oh, thank you for calling that to my attention. Thanks very much. You get a gold star. Now go back to your desk and have your lunch. Well, they're all in on it. Here's Durham again talking about how sobering the findings were and how we need accountability. Roll it. Our findings were sobering. And tell you, having spent 40 years plus as a federal prosecutor, they were particularly sobering to me. A number of my colleagues who uh, spent decades in the FBI themselves They were sobering. While I'm encouraged by some of the reforms that have been implemented by the FBI, the problems identified in this report, anybody who actually reads the report, the details of the report, the documented portions of the report, I think would uh, would find that um, the problems identified in the report are not susceptible to overnight fixes. Well, as long as Joe Biden is in office, we're never going to get accountability. Uh, Our only chance for real accountability is electing Donald Trump, um, who will just clean house and make sure that there is accountability because we can't go on like this. We are not a healthy republic, guys. We are a soft tyranny. And finally, John Durham um, talking about how FBI agents 
approached him and were really appalled by what was going on. Did they quit? No, but they were outraged. Listen. I have had um, any number of FBI agents um, who I've worked with over the years, some have retired, some are still in place, who have come to me and apologized for the manner in which uh, that investigation was undertaken. I take that seriously. These are good, hardworking, the majority of people in the FBI Well, that's all well and good, you know, that they came up to Durham and apologized for the way the investigation was carried out, Um, but they're still there, and they they didn't resign in outrage. They're still there, and the investigation still went on the way Mrs. Clinton and Barack Obama, let's not lose sight of Obama, the way Barack Obama, Joe Biden, James Comey, all of them, Robert Mueller, all of them wanted it to go on, right? So you can say, oh, in retrospect, I'm really appalled by how the FBI handled this, but you didn't lift a finger at the time. You didn't speak out. You weren't a whistleblower. You didn't resign the FBI. I know those are all difficult choices when you've got a family to support and this is your career, blah, blah. But this is the future of the country we're talking about. Again, I get back to my original point on this show, which is not one person on the left. Now, we have seen a couple of whistleblowers with regard to Hunter Biden. We're going to talk to Miranda Devine about that here momentarily. There have been a few who have come forward, their lives have been ruined. They went before Congress two weeks ago, right? These FBI whistleblowers and said, the FBI ruined my life when I came forward to blow the whistle on this corruption. So I understand why people don't come forward because the ones that do just get shot down. But that again shows you the depth of the evil we're talking about. Speaking of evil, one final note here on Mrs. Clinton. Mrs. Clinton is the root of so much evil. And all of this goes to her psychology of being an original feminist and then making the choice to hook her wagon to a man, Bill Clinton, starting at Yale Law School. She saw an up-and-comer. She hooked her wagon to him, moved to Arkansas, I mean, she wanted to come to New York and be a big flying lawyer and run for office. She hooked her wagon to him, went to Arkansas and, you know, helped him get elected attorney general of the state of Arkansas, governor, and then of course, president. And her whole psychology was, all right, I'm going to put up with this a-hole who is constantly humiliating me with women and, and all of it and his lies, but I'm going to stick to it because I want to be president. So for 40 years of her life, she has dealt with all of this incoming from Bill Clinton and just sat there and took it and excused it and was humiliated publicly by it because she had her eyes on the bigger prize, presidency for herself. And this woman, because she is so odious, she lost not once but twice, once to Barack Obama and the second time to Donald Trump. She is horrified that she has lost twice and that now she will never be president. But back in 2016, her psychology of not being able to stand the idea that she will never be president, never mind losing to somebody she had so much disdain for, Donald Trump, this is why she came up with the Russia hoax. 
the entire country was convulsed by this outrageous lie. We had the presidency damaged. We had Congress damaged. We had the very fabric of our Constitution and everything else damaged because Mrs. Clinton could not stand losing the presidency to Donald Trump. Think about the damage that this one evil woman has wrought on America. All roads lead back to two people. Barack Obama, who oversaw all of this and knew about it, and Joe Biden is just his puppet now, and the roads also lead to Mrs. Clinton. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Miranda Devine of the New York Post and get her read on this whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden situation. Not to be missed. Sit tight. Well, I am so happy to welcome back to the podcast my great friend and one of the few truly fearless and intrepid investigative reporters and columnists in the country today. Miranda Devine is a must-read in the New York Post. She also wrote the definitive expose of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal called Laptop from Hell. If you haven't already gotten and read it, do it now because it is pure dynamite. In fact, she's got enough material here for a sequel. So we're looking for volume two, Miranda. Miranda also has a newsletter that comes out every Thursday. That is also a must read. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, thanks so much, Monica. Great to be with you. Oh, it's always so good to have you here, Miranda, and always so nice to talk to you. And yeah, I, I'm not kidding. We're going to wait on the sequel to Laptop from Hell because with every passing day, we get more and more uh, information and evidence about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the Biden family um, crimes. So let's start with the breaking news that just broke about an hour or so ago, which is the story, and it's absolutely unbelievable believable in so many ways, but two IRS whistleblowers came forward and they told Congress in closed door testimony, which was just released today, that the Department of Justice was covering up the tax fraud investigation of Hunter Biden. And then the Republican House Ways and Means Committee sat on it for a couple of weeks. Can you take apart what we know so far? Well, Monica, this is just an enormous bombshell. I would say the biggest bombshell in the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden corruption investigation uh, that we have seen since, I guess, the laptop first emerged. Um, This is an IRS whistleblower named Gary Shapley who came forward Uh, He was the supervisory agent for the IRS on the Hunter Biden investigation in Delaware that's been going on since 2018. He he has testified now to the House Ways and Means Committee that the Department of Justice obstructed that investigation, intervened, slow-walked, leaked uh, to Hunter Biden's lawyers, um, and uh, and his testimony uh, has just been released uh, this morning. That's Thursday morning by the House Ways and Means Committee. Um, it's you know it, it's 
incredible to try and wrap your head around the corruption involved here. Um, I'll just pick one particular um, part of it. There's a WhatsApp message that they have found from Hunter Biden on July 30, 2017, uh, from Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, um, who was one of his Chinese business partners. And Hunter Biden writes, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father and he talks about holding a grudge if they don't follow my direction. Um, This was uh, Henry Zhao was uh, involved with CFC, um, that Chinese energy company that paid the Bidens millions of dollars. Uh, that was Hunter Biden and um, his uncle Jim Biden, Joe Biden's younger brother. Um, and uh, this was for work, so-called work, uh, basically influence peddling done in the last two years of Joe Biden's uh, vice presidency. Um, there, uh, the uh, whistleblower Gary Shapley said that after they obtained that WhatsApp message, Um, they realised that they needed to search the guest house at Joe Biden's Delaware mansion where Hunter Biden had been staying. Um, But the Assistant United States Attorney, Leslie Wolfe, said no, they couldn't do it, obstructed their um, ability to get a search warrant for Joe Biden's property. Um, So there was no way they could get it approved. That's just one example. I mean, it's just mind-boggling that the the U.S. attorney, so the U.S. attorney in this case in Delaware, David Weiss, he was was seeking to actually bring charges against Hunter Biden in both the District of Columbia, Washington, and Southern California last year, and he was denied not once, but two times. And here's the thing, Miranda, according to this reporting, and I'm looking at uh, your paper right now, the New York Post reporting this, this contradicts sworn testimony by the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who said David Weiss, the, the U.S. attorney in Delaware doing this case, he has full reign, he has no uh, no restrictions on him whatsoever, he can just follow the facts and do what he wants to do. Now, apparently that was untrue, Correct. Yeah, that was not true. And Chuck Grasley, of course, who had spoken to this whistleblower, he always knows what he's saying when he asks a question. There's no innocent question from Senator Chuck Grasley. He had Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, under oath, and he asked him specifically about uh, whether um, uh, David Weiss, the US Attorney in Delaware, had sought permission of uh, the U.S. attorney's offices in, say, the District of Columbia or California, both places where Hunter Biden has lived, to bring charges against Hunter Biden. Uh, And was it denied? And Garland said, oh, he didn't know, but he said, Weiss has full authority to bring cases in any jurisdiction he finds necessary. Well, what we have found out from the whistleblower is that David Weiss, having been denied the ability to bring charges in uh, D.C. and Central California, um, he then applied to be made a special counsel so that he could override those U.S. attorney denials. Yes. And he was denied 
uh, by the Department of Justice getting special counsel status. Now, that should have gone to Merrick Garland. Um, Merrick Garland, uh, you know, told Chuck Grasley under oath that he pledged not to interfere with the investigation and he's carried through with that pledge. He said this in March. However, in January, we know that Weiss was denied special counsel um, privileges. And so, uh, you know, by by not allowing Weiss to have that, that is another form of interfering with the investigation because it just hobbled Weiss. And um, another, you know, terrible revelation is that the statute of limitations on a whole lot of alleged offences dating from the beginning of Joe Biden's vice presidency when Hunter Biden first joined uh, the board of that corrupt energy company in Ukraine, Burisma, which was paying him $1 million um, a year. Uh, the the offences that this um, tax investigation had discovered from uh, the Burisma days, they just evaporated because the statute of limitations was allowed accidentally on purpose to expire by main justice. I mean... <laughs> And and the fact that they know that they can get away with this, we'll talk about that, about accountability and consequences and the lack thereof here in a second. But getting back to this, okay, so we have now uh, two main liars. I mean, obviously, Hunter Biden is a pathological liar, but we've got two main liars. Number one, we've got the incumbent president of the United States, Joe Biden, who has been on record repeatedly over the years saying, I knew nothing about my son's uh, international business dealings. I was never involved in any of that. I know nothing. And now everybody with common sense knows that that was patently false. But now we've got ever more evidence to suggest that Joe Biden was literally sitting with Hunter as some of these transactions uh, were going down or at least being discussed. So Joe Biden is liar number one. Liar number two here is his attorney general, Merrick Garland, who swore under oath to Congress that David Weiss, the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware prosecuting this case, had full reign, full authorization, as you say, to follow whatever the facts uh, might bring. So Joe Biden, not under oath, not much we can do about his lies except punish him next year at the ballot box. But Merrick Garland can certainly be impeached, can he not? Well, so can Joe Biden. They can both be impeached. You know, the advantage of impeachment uh, is that basically it forces the New York Times and the Washington Post and other regime media to report on this corruption. And uh, at the moment, they're studiously avoiding it. You know, today, uh, I think that um, Joe Biden should be giving the US Coast Guard a medal because it just so coincidentally, right as the House Ways and Means Committee uh, uh, releases this testimony and all this evidence about the corruption and the intervention and obstruction by the Department of Justice in the Hunter Biden investigation, uh, suddenly we get this media completely distracted by news that there's a press conference about this, you know, Titanic submarine. Um, and so that has means that this uh, has been drowned out, this most crucial to 
the future of America, really, this corruption uh, cannot go unnoticed, cannot go unpunished. It is really goes to the heart of the presidency and um, how compromised the president is in the eyes of China and Ukraine and Russia. It's being buried under this avalanche of nonsense uh, media coverage of the submarine. So um, I, I, I don't know how we rest that back other than impeachment. And honestly, what do the Republicans have to lose? All norms have been thrown out the window with the attacks on Donald Trump, the weaponization of the Department of Justice to uh, to try and throw him in jail for the rest of his life. So uh, I, I think that the Republicans should be using every lever of power in their um, armory. And I think the biggest one they have at the moment is impeachment. Could not agree more. But you're talking about a Republican Party, Miranda, that uh, we've got we've got a number of excellent fighters, including freshman Anna Paulina Luna, who's seven months pregnant, just censured <laughs> Adam Schiff. Thank God for her. And there are others. But the, the rank and file Republicans don't seem to have the stomach for this, including Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who uh, now that Lauren Boebert's um, impeachment resolution is to the floor. Kevin McCarthy is advising his party, let's not go down this road. We don't want to stoop to the Democrats' level. Now, maybe his argument is the time is not ripe. The investigations are not ripe. We need to have all of our ducks in a row before we move forward with a real impeachment of Joe Biden. I hope that that is the case with Speaker McCarthy, but I fear that it's not. I fear that they are too weak. I mean, even in the face of the Democrats and the left indicting and, and, and impeaching a president of the other party, jailing their political opponents like the January 6th defendants, uh, having the IRS uh, arrive unannounced at someone's door to intimidate them. Uh, in the face of this tyranny coming from the left, I just worry that the Republicans do not have their acts together and do not have the political will and courage to fight fire with fire. Well, Monica, I think it's up to um, the American people to put pressure on the Republicans in the House um, and to have their back. And I must say that I have been pleasantly um, surprised by James Comer's willingness to put his neck on the line um, against enormous opposition. I mean, people don't even realise the millions of dollars in um, dark money that Democrat groups have amassed to um, fight and traduce the characters of every member of the Oversight Committee. Um, I know for James Comer, there have been billboards put up in his hometown in Kentucky, smearing his reputation, dredging up you know, old stories from the past, um, trying to damage him, trying to weaken his resolve. Um, and he doesn't seem to me to be backing off. And um, look, and I can only say, I don't have a lot of insight into what Kevin McCarthy's up to, but um, I, I will say that I, I thought he was strong when it came to backing James Comer and Chuck Grasley uh, for over the um, their uh, threats to um, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, that they would hold him in contempt unless he handed over um, that uh, that document, that FBI document with the allegations that 
um, both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden had uh, been offered $10 million in bribes from Ukraine. James Comer, you're absolutely right. And he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He is outstanding and absolutely fearless and following the money. Um, you know, he has said we were talking about 10 million, but he said the number could be 30 million or more coming from entities in Ukraine, uh, via the CCP in China, Romania, and God knows where else. Okay, Miranda, I'm going to ask you to please stand by. Much more to cover with you straight ahead. But first, I'd like to take a moment to welcome our fantastic new sponsor, AMAC. With well over 2 million freedom-loving members, AMAC is a voice for conservatives that cannot be ignored. Not only do you get incredible advocacy, but you also get exclusive discounts and savings on products and services you use every day. For a limited time, Get a two-year AMAC membership for the price of one. That's $16 for two years. You know, our rights and constitutional protections are under attack every day by leftist extremists. But many patriots are bravely standing up to the left like you and me to preserve our constitutional republic. Joining AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is an easy way for you to stand beside all of us. This community is so important, and you need to know that you are not alone. So stand in solidarity with me and over 2 million other patriots by joining AMAC today at AMAC, A-M-A-C, AMAC.US forward slash Monica. Again, AMAC.US forward slash Monica. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back with Miranda Devine of the New York Post. The tax investigation here that now we're getting all of this evidence about how deeply compromised that investigation was. By the way, why did it take five or six years, Miranda? Do we have an answer on that? Yes, we do. We It, it took that long because the Department of Justice was intervening, slow walking, uh, refusing requests, reasonable requests from David Weiss. Um, uh, we had, you know, U.S. attorneys in California and Washington, D.C., not allowing David Weiss to bring charges in their jurisdiction, which he had to by law. Um, we had uh, leaks from the Department of Justice to the Biden lawyers uh, to allow them to hide evidence. Um, you know, it, it just it is outrageous that it took this long. And look, you know, I think David Weiss, uh, the US attorney in Delaware, was in a parlous position. But on the other hand, when he was denied special counsel status, he should have resigned. Um, he should have first threatened to resign unless he got it. And then when he didn't get it, he should have resigned in with fanfare because um, that that was back in January of this year. That that would have made and not had given enough time uh, to for something to be done before Hunter Biden's gone and and rushed through this this you know limp wristed lenient sweetheart plea deal, which he did on Monday, just uh, you know Tuesday, sorry, two days before this bombshell evidence has come out. But there is one thing about that. A judge still has to ratify that plea deal. And I cannot see how any judge with any integrity would ratify that deal now knowing the obstruction, the intervention and the corruption from the Department of Justice 
in that investigation, um, that plea deal cannot be allowed to go ahead. And it is within the rights of a judge to either send that plea deal back or to impose a jail sentence on Hunter Biden based on the evidence that's out there. I mean, you, you were just talking about the amount of money. This is the first time I haven't I haven't properly been able to because it's just this information has just come out. But there are two IRS whistleblowers. Uh, the second one is a more junior um, whistleblower, but he's he was the uh, IRS special agent um, in charge of the tax portion of this Hunter Biden investigation in Delaware since the, its very inception in 2018. He um, found, I think this is in three, been three years, 2014 to 2017, uh, might be two years, and I've, I'm not sure if it's from all of the uh, sources of income from, you know, I don't know if it counts Kazakhstan and Romania and Russia. We know three and a half million came in from Russia. But he has counted up 17.3 million that has come into Biden family and their associated friends' coffers uh, from overseas in that period. And he says of that 17.3 million, 8.3 million went directly to Hunter Biden on which he didn't pay tax. Um, so that's the allegation from the transcript now from whistleblower two, who spent five years combing through all of Hunter Biden's financial records. Hunter Biden has a mansion in Malibu. Joe Biden has, what, three homes, Delaware, Rehoboth Beach, and I think there's a third somewhere. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. his brother, uh, uh, Jim, uh, living the high life, uh, the daughters-in-law. I mean, they're all living their best lives. And here's one of these critical questions with regard to this investigation, Miranda. They are focused on the lack of tax payment. So this was a tax enforcement investigation, right? And a criminal investigation. Where did this money go? Why did they not pay their taxes? Why did Hunter not pay? But they did not explore the source of the money. <laughs> now, now the Treasury is sitting on top, what, 200 plus suspicious activities reports with regard to uh, Hunter Biden specifically and these international business tra- transactions could be more than that. One SARS report is pretty sketch. When you've got over 200, that's a whole other situation. So there are SARS reports. There's all all of these threads between the Biden crime family and all kinds of shady international sources of this money. And yet the investigation here apparently did not look at the sources of this money, correct? That's right. And in fact, there is some relevant information that I've just looked at while we're talking uh, from the second whistleblower. He says that in um, in uh, a meeting with Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf, um, uh, there was prosecutors wanted to remove Hunter Biden's name from electronic search warrants, orders and document requests. Mm-hmm. Um The special agent said on the call he felt uncomfortable with removing the subject's names from those documents, um, as that seemed unethical, but his concerns were ignored. Department of Justice tax line attorney Jack Morgan said doing it without Hunter Biden's name would probably still get us, quote, most of the data we sought. 
Uh, and this whistleblower says, I have never been part of an investigation where only getting most of the data was considered sufficient. Um, then he says, on September 3rd, 2020, the slow walking of process continued when Assistant US Attorney Wolf stated that a search warrant for the emails for Blue Star Strategies was being sat on by the Department of Justice office. Um, so Blue Star Strategies, of course, was the Democrat-aligned firm, uh, Washington, D.C. lobbying firm, which was being paid by Burisma to sort of run interference uh, for them and help them get out of the legal difficulties that they were in, both within Ukraine, where the prosecutor who was later fired by Joe Biden uh, was doing um, some aggressive investigating of Burisma. Uh, also, there had been an investigation by um, uh, in Britain, and they'd they'd frozen $23 million of uh, money in the owner of Barisma's account in London. Um, so, so this is this is what this whistleblower is saying, and he said that because of this slow walking and obstruction by the Department of Justice in getting these search warrants and removing Hunter Biden's name, he said this was a significant blow to the Foreign Agents Registrations Act piece of the investigation, which you just alluded to there. Um, we know that people in the Trump orbit, like uh, Paul Manafort went to jail over um, FARA, Foreign Agent Registration Act violations. We know from just the laptop, but also from Hunter Biden's former business partner's testimony, that uh, that there are numerous instances of FARA violations littered all over the laptop. You don't have to be a lawyer to figure that out. Hunter Biden was acting as a lobbyist four foreign interests who were paying him money, a lot of money, millions, uh, to go and talk to uh, people in his in the Obama administration, his father, the vice president, uh, Anthony Blinken, who was in the um, uh, Secretary of State's office, who's Deputy Secretary of State under John Kerry, um, and, uh, you know, numerous, uh, <clears throat> Hunter Biden had enormous networking opportunities via his father and influence within the Obama administration. Uh, Foreign Agents Registration Act should have been a no-brainer, but we see here how the Department of Justice intervened and prevented that part of the investigation from going through. All they had left was the tax violations, and uh, as soon as um, this issue with the statute of violations came to the fore. Uh, we see that most of that tax case just uh, blew apart. And this was why uh, the IRS supervisory agent on that case in October in a red line meeting with US Attorney David Weiss just hit the roof when he realised that five years of work had basically gone up in smoke um, and that they were left with nothing. That was when um, he decided that he had to record um, all the malfeasance that had gone, gone on. He then blew the whistle the right way up his chain of command um, and to, you know, the Department of Justice uh, Inspector General and so on, uh, got nowhere and then came to Congress. Um, and as a result, we're now seeing his testimony. Um, as soon as he went to Congress, what happens? The Department of Justice intervenes and removes the entire elite squad of a dozen IRS investigators 
from that case in Delaware. They were all removed from the case. Uh, Therefore, another one of those um, uh, investigators came forward and became a whistleblower. These people are not partisan. They are not, um, you know, they are just professionals. They are the Gary Shapley is internationally respected. He represents the United States on the sort of five eyes tax investigations around the world. He was retaliated against. He still is being retaliated against. He was denied a promotion. Um, He is a patriot. I think, you know, if nothing else, Americans should remember the name Gary Shapley. This man is a hero. Uh, He is not a partisan. His conscience would not allow him to be silenced. There are good and decent people in these very corrupt institutions like Mr. Shapley, you're exactly right, who always are trying to do the right thing. And look, even this Delaware U.S. attorney, David Weiss, he's got to be absolutely furious that, you know, he wanted to pursue this where the facts led and he was stonewalled. He was denied special counsel status. And then he must realize now that he was just there as window dressing, that his entire investigation was never going to go anywhere. But the problem here is that he signed off on this plea deal, didn't he? Well, that's right. And this is where I don't understand why David Weiss, um, you know, didn't kick up more of a stink. Uh, And and the problem is, you know, I think David Weiss, like John Durham, they are career prosecutors. They, um, you know, are people of probity and prudence and integrity. And they they just try to do their job without fear or favour. But we are in a different landscape now. I, I wonder if they even understand the level of corruption in the Department of Justice and in the FBI. Um, I think there are a lot of people who don't, who've made their careers, who, who've devoted their life to this kind of public service, who who just cannot cope with or cannot grapple with um, how low these institutions have fallen and how they are now um, in the grips of truly corrupt, malign forces, which are destroying um, the rule of law in this country. Yes. Before we let you go, um, Miranda, first of all, two things, two things before we let you go. You made the point that a judge will have to sign off on this plea deal. And you said, you know, any judge, any honest judge worth their salt will will turn this back because of the obstruction and all of the evidence that we're now seeing about how corrupted this investigation was. But that assumes that you can get an honest judge. And I fear now, as we look around across the country with regard to the Trump uh, situation, with regard to the January 6th, and I know that's Washington, D.C., but when you look across the board, it does seem like our judicial branch and our legal system is just as shot through with this corruption as the executive branch and the legislative branch. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see what's happened in Washington, D.C. with the January 6th um, prosecutions. It's uh, that these judges there are uh, not only giving people enormous punishing destructive jail sentences for, um, you know, nonviolent offences, um, but they're also lecturing them, demanding um, some sort of ideological rejection of Donald Trump and all his works, um, and uh, it's it's 
quite frightening and Orwellian. Um, I think there are jurisdictions in this country where the judges are so corrupted ideologically that, um, you know, you, you would just would not want as a conservative to ever come into their clutches. Um, however, there still are judges, um, you know, around the country. I think it's the luck of the draw who are trying to um, just, you know, abide by the rule of law and be nonpartisan. And uh, I understand that the judge who has to ratify this plea deal um, may be one of those judges. So um, I guess we wait and see. It, it will take a lot of courage. You look at what's happening with the Supreme Court, the concerted attacks by the Democrats and their street thugs, I mean, going at, going out and um, demonstrating night after night, day after day, with huge amount of noise and disruption outside the homes of these justices. And again, it's against the law to do that. Uh, but, but, but you know, the, the FBI, uh, the marshals, they're not intervening at all um, to stop these people from... Um, breaking the law. And um, and then you see the concerted attacks on, um, you know, Justice Alito, Justice Thomas uh, from the Democrats, from their allied media partners, um, dredging up false allegations about them. Uh, and so that's happening with the Supreme Court. Um, and it's happening to any judge, Aileen Cannon, um, who was looking at the Trump stuff in, in Florida um, and who was a Trump-appointed judge but who was just being fair, um, she also has been traduced. So any judge that doesn't fall into line and do the Democrats' dirty business, dirty bidding, um, will be attacked personally. So it takes a lot of courage. But this moment in American history requires that patriotic Americans do do their duty, even at great cost to themselves, because it will take um, those valiant heroes like Gary Shapley, like any judges who put their heads up above the ramparts, it will take them, they have the power, they will be able to do it. They need to show the American people the truth and um, and then somehow uh, the American people need to take back control of their country. Amen to all of that. Final question for you. Barack Obama, all of this corruption by Hunter and Joe Biden happened when Joe Biden was vice president. He had a boss, was the president, Barack Obama. What, if anything, did Barack Obama know about the Bidens hustling the vice presidency right underneath his nose for all of these ill-gotten gains? Well, everybody in Washington, D.C. knew that Joe Biden was not Honest Joe. They knew that his lifestyle was way in excess of um, his income. Um, they knew that he was influence peddling and that he was a dodgy character. Um, in fact, when uh, Barack Obama's people were vetting Joe Biden to be his running mate. Um, that was their number one concern was the lobbying activities of Hunter Biden. And so, and I'm putting lobbying in inverted commas. And uh, so they knew. And uh, during his vice presidency, um, Joe Biden had various interventions by um, the vice president's counsel um, and, in fact, by um, the White House counsel to um, stop 
some of the most glaring abuses um, that were going on. For example, um, I think it was 2015 or 2014 um, when uh, just just before Hunter Biden joined the board of Burisma, his best friend in business, Devin Archer, who was also joining the board, um, went and visited uh, Joe Biden in his office in the White House and um, got a selfie taken. Um, actually, it wasn't a selfie. It was taken by Hunter Biden, I found out later. Um, and that photograph taken by Hunter Biden of his father with his business partner was then posted on the Burisma website in Ukraine. And uh, very shortly thereafter, um, there was a frantic message that came through from the vice president's council saying, Get them, get Burisma to take that photo down um, because it was, you know, obviously going to be embarrassing for the administration to have this naked corruption displayed for the world. I, I just, I mean, look, Joe Biden and his family are deeply, deeply corrupt, and it is a huge problem now for the United States in terms of our economy, in terms of national security, that he is this compromised by some of our worst enemies. But when you take a step back, all roads seem to lead to either Mrs. Clinton who I guess, at least so far, is not implicated in any of this, but Barack Obama. If I'm the president of the United States and my VP is up to his eyeballs in this kind of corruption, selling his office, I, 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 did Obama not know? Did he know? Did he not lift a finger? Did, did he not tell Biden to cut it out? I, I cannot I just wrap my mind around the role of Barack Obama and his knowledge in all of this and why he keeps getting a free pass as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the corruption of the DOJ occurred under Barack Obama. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, Obama just, you know, obviously turned a blind eye. Uh, he, As long as he, he didn't have any direct knowledge of it, he was going to let Joe be Joe. And Joe being Joe, Barack Obama assigned Joe Biden carriage of China, of Ukraine, the countries where Joe Biden and his family extracted maximum dollars. Um, you know, Joe Biden under Barack Obama uh, was Barack Obama assigned his power to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was then the most powerful man in the world when he flew into China on Air Force Two with Hunter Biden in tow. And that message was unmistakable to the Chinese CCP and to President Xi Jinping. This was American power come to do private business. And private business they did because Joe Biden was there in China to uh, do the American people's business, very important business for not just America, but America's allies around the world. Chiefly, it was to stop China from militarizing those islands in the South China Sea, which now pose such danger to the countries in the region, including Australia. Um, and also, uh, Joe Biden was supposed to tell China to knock off stealing America's intellectual property, stop waging aggressive war, uh, intellectual property war against America, economic warfare. 
Joe Biden went away from that meeting empty-handed December 2014. His son, Hunter Biden, came away from that meeting with 10% of BHR, a a firm backed by um, the CCP, uh, which had $2.5 billion in funds under management when I last looked in 2019. I mean, so Barack Obama, who always gets a pass, was also clearly aware of what was going on and just didn't care because it this has been yeah i mean this has been a free-for-all to destroy the country and so let everybody to their own devices it's beyond belief miranda you are absolutely extraordinary you've been on top of this story from day one i called you in my intro the og of the hunter biden laptop scandal and the biden crime family scandal you're absolutely extraordinary everybody if you're not reading miranda in the new york post you need to be reading her fix that right now uh she also has a newsletter where can we find that i think on the new york post as well right Yeah, that's right. The newsletter comes out every Thursday morning and you'll get uh, my columns, but also insights into what I'm working on next and, uh, you know, very various exclusive treats every now and then. Please go check out her newsletter as well. And Laptop from Hell, if you haven't already bought it and read it, fix that as well, because that book is a historical documentation of this absolutely outrageous corruption that is helping to torpedo our country. The great Miranda Devine. Miranda, I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much, Monica. Really good to be with you. You too, as always. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me on this Thursday. Thank you so much for being here, for checking out our great sponsors. We've got big shows coming up next week, so you want to be here for that. Tell all your friends, family, colleagues about the Monica Crowley podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. Have a fantastic end to your week, and I will see you right back here next week. Next week.